welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Have you ever had a question for the opposite sex in which you seek to be answered authentically? On this podcast, that is exactly what we do. I discuss intimate topics with guests as they share their point of view about dating, sex and relationships. We are raw and authentic to reveal the essence of how the opposite sex feels about today's topic we are exploring. If you have a question, please feel free to write to us and ask. It just might inspire our next episode and get answered. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's dive in deep to today's topic. Welcome to our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast. I'm Sarah Finlay and thank you so much for listening. Men are at war within themselves. That is what is fueling the division of our families, communities, and the world. This is a quote from the man I've invited to the show today, Javan Langford, an inspirational thought leader whose mission is to help empower men. Today, we are going to talk about the war within men are suffering in silence. Before Javan Langford became a global voice for men's empowerment, he faced a series of misfortunes, from the loss of his father to leukaemia, to his mother's battle with alcohol and substance abuse. He was placed in foster care, encountered sexual abuse, and was profusely bullied throughout grade school. Javan's journey, woven with many layers and colours, is a powerful illustration of how tenacity can lead to transformation. Javan has since become a lifestyle entrepreneur, high-performance business coach and global speaker. A former NCAA basketball player and commercial model, he now supports business leaders and entrepreneurs with building sustainable results in their brands, business and life. Granted the key to the city by the Honourable Mayor Petty in his hometown, Worcester, MA, this for his contribution to youth empowerment, joining the ranks with other notable honorees, including former President Obama. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So the biggest issue for men is loneliness. And loneliness amongst men is an epidemic because personally I believe this is the core reason behind so many of the biggest issues in the world. These actions are a result of men feeling lonely, inadequate, and a lack of self-love and self-worth. Please give us an insight into this epidemic. 100%. If you don't know how to be alone as a man, then you will only ever always be lonely. Why is that? It's one of the biggest challenges that we face as men, myself included. I know I spent several years not feeling as if I had something human to lean on. And there's a lot of men that I've served that I work with who are friends of mine who feel the same way. And the challenge is being able to connect to another person. And in order to connect to someone else, you must first be connected to yourself. And so a lot of men haven't taken the time to build a relationship with themselves, to be comfortable in their own skin, to be confident in communicating their feelings, their emotions, their desires, whether it be personally or professionally. And so a lot of the work that I'm doing is teaching men how to self-educate, understand like what my challenge is. This is what I'm up against. This is what I'm learning to live above. And once you educate yourself, then you can heal that part of yourself. Men have so many homeless places inside themselves. And a lot of that comes from not ever having to truly addressed the challenge mm-hmm. or the moment that became a part of my identity. And when you can heal that part of yourself, it creates space. And with that newfound space, then we can self-generate. We can create a vision. We can build a relationship. We can find love. We can create more money and abundance for our life. But we need room. And most men don't have room internally. And so they live at war. 
mm. in the world. Do you think they avoid what's going on internally because it might be like too hard to deal with or Absolutely. they don't know how to deal with Absolutely. it? Absolutely. To acknowledge my pain is to make it real. Okay. And so if I feel it, then it's real. But the truth of the matter is just because we feel things, it doesn't make them real. Mm. We feel them because it's the story we're telling about them. For example, I lost my dad at a young age, right? My dad had leukemia and my mother, because of that, turned to drugs and alcohol. And so for the majority of my life, she struggled. And the story was like, my mom and dad don't love me. They didn't care enough about me. Yeah. Was that true? No, it wasn't true. Was it the story I told? Yes. Did I tell the story a lot? Yes. Did the story become a truth? 100% until I changed and reframed that story, and which took a lot of work. Yeah, how did it you do that? Yeah, how did you do that? It's work. It's work. i tell you something. I'm still doing it. Okay. Yeah. I'm still doing it. And that's another misconception with men is that we have to get over this. Mm-hmm. Right? I remember when I was a kid, quick story, my sister and I used to play this game where we sit on the couch and we'd pop each other on the, on the forehead and she'd chase me and I'd chase her. One day, I got the, she got the best of me and she chased me around the whole apartment complex, cut back upstairs to the top floor. I ran in my grandmother's closet. I locked myself in the closet. I'm pulling and she's pushing and I lean my ear against the door and say, I, I know you're there. I know you're there. And short of the long is I end up getting locked in the closet. I am, oh. I am gravely, <laughs> gravely challenged by that whole thing called claustrophobia. Oh, And so yeah. it was, I was in there for maybe 15 seconds, but it felt like about two days. Yeah. And I'm banging on the door and I end up taking my fist and punching the back of the door and there was a nail hanging out. And I oh. ended up puncturing my wrist and I come out the closet, there's blood everywhere. It was just a mess. But I share that story because in the moment, that wound on my wrist was the worst thing that could have ever happened. And what happened is that that wound, it turned into a scar. Mm-hmm. And most of us go through things and it's the worst thing that could ever happen, sexual abuse. We get punched in the face by our dad or our mom calls us ugly or we get bullied in school or we experience, you know, Mm. all levels of abuse. And it's the worst thing. And we spend the entirety of our lives as men and women trying to get rid of the scar. It's not what we should be doing. What we should be doing is trying to figure out how can I look at the same scar differently? How, I, how can I tell a story about this scar so that it serves me, it doesn't hurt me emotionally, so it doesn't hurt me sexually, it doesn't hurt me physically mm-hmm. and financially, most importantly, which is a big challenge for men is I need to make more money. Mm-hmm. And so we get caught up in this whole idea, I got to be good at being a man versus just being a good man. Mm. And so that, that we, it's cyclical. It's this vicious cycle that we, we get caught up in as men. And it's so important for us to take a step back and understand that sometimes we're too close to the issue that we can't, we don't have eyes or ears for the solutions. Mm. And so my job in the world is to be able to pull men back to see the bigger picture in their life so they can really do the work. Mm. And it's called the work because it takes a lot <laughs> of work to change the story. It takes a lot of work to really understand who you are in this moment. Yes. You know? I agree. I've done the work and it's been an eight-year or nine-year journey, Mm -hmm. So, which I've shared with all the listeners out there as well. It's definitely a lot of work. But I say that it's very hard to do the work to begin with and because you're bringing up those emotions, but then it gets lighter as far as I'm concerned and eventually you lighten up Mm -hmm. and you feel good. And, yeah, the reframe of the lessons and the blessings in the worst of moments I find the the best and even now I use that personally I don't know about yourself but I use that personally when something's happening mm-hmm. going all right this sucks right now Absolutely. but what's the lesson and what's the blessing in this mm-hmm. right now and I like a reframing in the moment yeah and I, I want to say this too for people who come across this it's not easy 
Mm. It's not easy. And I have not certainly solved this problem for myself. It's something that I'm working through. I'm in the process of mastering. Process, continuing, mastering, <laughs> continuing. It's a lifelong journey. Yeah. And the reason why I've chosen it is because the things that I was calling into my life, I wanted a relationship, beautiful individual who I could build a family with and have children with. I wanted to make more money. Why, and why are people who are not as successful, as handsome, as grounded, as connected as me doing better than me in this world? I was confused by that. I wanted to be able to have deep and meaningful relationships, friendships that I could go anywhere in a conversation with them. But I wasn't attracting these things. I didn't I realize I didn't have room for them. And I wasn't showing up in a way that I was even the space for those types of things to occur. Yeah. There's no room. There's no room in our life. And so, and I can't say that enough. We don't have enough room. It's not that you're not where you're not where you you're not where you don't want to be, where you take that back. You're not where you would like to be because of any other reason than the fact that you have not created room for those things in your life. Yeah. I truly believe that. And what do you mean by room to break that down for people? I'll give you an example. So say there's a uh, the Patriots are playing. I'm a pass fan, so I gotta I throw that in there. Yeah, no, I'm a pass fan. <laughs> I need y'all who play in the, in the NFL, the NBA, just let, let y'all know I'm a pass fan. I'm from, from New England, so I gotta represent. <laughs> I bleed green, South Bigs, got the, all that in Red Sox and uh, in Bruins. But say the pass game is going on, we got tickets. And I say, my car is a, is a complete mess. I say, you know, hey, I got the tickets. Let's take your car. Mm-hmm. Why would I want to take your car? I don't know. Because my car's a mess. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be spoken about. I don't want you to think that I'm a slob. And so I want to spend time in your car so that we don't, you have to ever see my stuff. Yeah, okay. If there's a TV show on Scandal or the House of Cards and I want, hey, let's watch it at your house. Okay. Because my house is a mess. Why don't you just clean it up? Why don't, why don't, you know what? Listen, <laughs> I wish, listen, hold that thought for a second. Hold that thought for a second, right? Well, our, our life is a lot like that too. Yeah. Our body is a temple. It's a home. And when we're not comfortable with what it looks like, we don't invite Ooh, people in. I like it. Why don't we yeah. just clean it up? That's what everyone's saying. <laughs> why don't you just stop being an asshole? Why don't you just stop cheating on her? Why don't you just stop watching porn? Why don't you just stop? That's what they say to us. That's what they say to me. Why don't you just stop? It's not that easy. Mm. It's work. You got to get the Windex. You got to get the mop. You got to get the vacuum. It's work to yeah. clean house, to yeah. take time. We just don't have the tools to do so. Yes. How do I stop thinking about porn? How do I stop feeling these emotions? How do I stop being an asshole? How do I stop being genuine? That takes time, energy, effort. It's transformational work. Mm-hmm. And it's a transition. That word is found in that word transformational, right? Trans is to be from, to go from one phase to the other. Mm-hmm. There's, there's where we are now and then where we would desire to be. And what I'll say is, and maybe many men can agree with this, I've spent most of my life being better than average, but never great at okay. one particular thing, right? I got A's and B's, but I never not once sour got straight A's. Okay. I played basketball, I played basketball in college, tried out for a team overseas, never made it to the NBA. I modeled, was on commercials and print, but I was never America's next top model, right? And now there's some comparison in there, right? But the goal that I had in mind, I never could quite make it. Mm-hmm. And I never knew what was in that gap. Why am I not there yet? And a lot of men are living in that in that gap. And what's in that gap is clarity, mm. is building clarity. And when you don't know who you are, you begin to attract a lot of things that are not yours, not your relationship, not your salary, not your yeah. friendships, not your opportunities. And it's a frustrating place to be, which is why a lot of men turn to drinking, to going on sexcapades, going, because they don't know who they are. 
So they're distractions, which I talk about that in business a lot as well. And um, with friends, even myself, if I'm trying to get to a certain place and, you know, people are always, I'm a publicist by day. So people are always coming up to me, pulling me in this direction or another direction. And I've simplified the filter now of, is it a distraction? Because some things can look shiny and look mm-hmm. great, but they're actually a distraction or is it actually taking me in that mm-hmm. direction? And I suppose you don't get the clarity on distraction versus direction unless you've done the work, 100%, right? 100%. I, I think it just uh, there are a lot of men right now. You see the hashtag Me Too movement. You see the, the presidency and the state of that and politics. We see all the shootings and gun violence with these young boys, mm. majority of them in school shootings. And it's our boys and men who are crying silently. And the challenge that I'm seeing is that we're suffering in silence because Mm. it's not okay to suffer openly. Mm. If I told you right now, I experienced abuse as a kid and like, it's just, you know, it's it's affecting my sex life and it's affecting, I'm seen as not man enough, as soft, as sensitive, maybe a faggot. There's lots of words that are attached to someone who expresses themselves fully Mm. in the world. But in private, I can have these conversations and get feedback. In private, I can have these conversations and I can be seen. I can be find someone who can relate to what I'm going through. In private, I find other people who say, me too. Mm. And what I mean by private is having a community. And that's my commitment is building those communities, not only here in the heart of Los Angeles, but globally in Australia and in and, and London, UK and in Toronto, Canada, Ottawa, all these cities that I travel, you know, doing workshops mm-hmm. and trainings and coaching men and supporting them. And I'm not taking them somewhere that I haven't been, but I'm inviting, inviting them to join me on this journey of being in the practice of healing themselves. Yes, such right? important work. I it's love different. It. It's very different mm. than like, hey, I've mastered this. Hey, come do this. Steps one through three and you'll be good to go. <laughs> That's not how this works. I'm inviting you to take the journey. Yeah. To build a relationship with yourself, to heal yourself, and to create room for the things that you say that you desire. Mm. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense and to I me. Just, I'm just committed out of my mind and then the work that we're doing, you know, with the mentor, you know, with young boys and teaching them social emotional skills and giving them tools that they that will support them in succeeding in the classroom. But beyond that, it's huge. The elevation effect, the workshops, those two day events, you know, having 24 to 30 men in a room over the course of two and a half days and ushering them through exercise and activities that bring them to a space that they've never been to emotionally, Mm. to give them a a, a container to be able to let go of, to unearth some things that they have not had an opportunity to be with, mm. to allow them to share their deepest truth on what they're really up against, not what society says is okay for me to share that I'm up against, but the shit that I'm that is driving my relationship into the ground, the stuff that is causing me to have a double life, the stuff that is causing me to have depression and hide that, the stuff that's causing me to show face in the workplace, but go do drugs and and, and abuse women mentally, physically, emotionally, like that stuff. Those are the conversations mm-hmm. that I'm interested in partaking in, in, in supporting men and shifting them in a way that it can support the bigger vision for their life. Yeah, that's great. Why do you think over half of men globally, we're not just talking about the United States, but globally, cannot identify with the best friend or someone that they can confine in? Mm. Friendship is such an, uh, an interesting word. It's become a very colorful word the more that I think technology has grown. Oh, yes. Because now we're connected on Facebook and now you're my friend. Right? <laughs> I met you at an event and now you're my friend. Or well, we work together and so you're my friend. And we live in the same neighborhood, so now you're my friend. You know, friendship has really been redefined for me mm-hmm. the last few years. And a friend, I know someone's a friend by the level of depth that I'm willing to go 
mm-hmm. in a conversation with them. How much am I willing to show of myself to you? Mm. That's how I can say. I think there are associates. I think there are people who we know. I think that, that that friend is a word that is used so loosely. I agree. And I think that, you know, a friend is a person who can show up for you when you're not willing to show up for yourself. Mm. And few of us have those people because we have yet to do the work to be the friend to someone else. And it's also can be very scary being vulnerable. I know for myself a few years ago, I learned the hard way, but it's yeah. like good way mm-hmm. to be vulnerable and ask for mm-hmm. help. And prior to that, I'd mm-hmm. always personally help everyone else. So I even understand because I'm a bit of a tomboy myself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like I'm a dude in a woman's body, but I've been vulnerable to someone. It's super scary. Mm-hmm. Um, Friendship is are necessary, and I think about like for me in relationships. One of my biggest conversations growing up, you know, experiencing abuse and my dad not being in the, in, in the in the picture, rather, is am I man enough to be in a relationship with a woman? Am I man enough to be able to make six figures? Am I man enough to you know stand on stage and talk to people? Am I man enough to coach other men? Am I? That's a big conversation. Something I I'm still working through. Mm. You know, that's my truth in this moment. And I, I feel like I wasn't willing to share that before because I feel like an imposter myself, which is a big conversation that men have. And in that you have these emotions and these feelings of inadequacy. Am I, am, am I inadequate? You know, I'm crushing it in business, but I'm single. So what do people think of me? Yeah. Okay. Or like I'm in this relationship, but I can't provide the lifestyle that I want for this person. So you feel like, um, am I really authentic? You mm. start to question that. Mm. But the key is being in the practice of sharing even when it hurts sharing even when you're not completely clear it's in those conversations that breed clarity and friends that's what friends are for mm-hmm. and a lot of us are in relationships and we're looking for the perfect person but what i believe is a is the relationship is not someone who can give you everything but they give you the things that you need most maybe yeah. the things that you don't even need and you can find other those other qualities in friends and friends complement the relationship that you build for your life and so yeah. the friendships I have, maybe my partner's not funny and my friend is, you know, Sarah has me laughing. Every time we talk, all we do is laugh the whole time. Or I'm with uh, Chris and Chris is business focused and he helps me build my business. But our relationship doesn't offer me those two qualities. Mm. But the, the affection that I get from my partner and the attention that I get and the, and the adventure that I, that I get in relationship, it feeds my soul. Mm. Relationship feeds your soul. And the friendships are like the, the condiments on the table. Yeah. Right. They complement the meal. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we can learn to find our people. Yeah. Tribe. <laughs> our tribe. Right. Is often used. Then a lot changes. And that begins with you. Mm-hmm. Begins with building a relationship with yourself, building a friendship with myself. And I, I can honestly say in this podcast, May 2018, that I'm finally in a relationship with myself and that I have, I have a friend in me. I can count on me nowadays. Yeah, it's good. To be my word, to be on time, to be present and be yeah. connected, even if only for a moment. I didn't have that. I spent 28 years of my life, maybe 27 years of my life, not really liking or knowing who I was. Okay. And this last few years of traveling the world and healing men, I have healed so many of the homeless places inside myself yeah. and have breeded so much clarity that I feel indebted to men as a whole mm-hmm. of, of healing, not men individually but man healing man and if we can heal the men if we can feed the men they won't fail the children they won't fail our women they won't fail the communities they won't fail the world and so i'm very much committed to making a huge dent in men's health and wellness to being a global voice of men of men's empowerment 
and being able to hold space to facilitate whatever conversation, to go whatever place we need to go so that men leave my room, my presence, that much better. That's great. That much more healed, that much more present, that much more connected, that much more grounded. So it's a lot of work, but I'm really clear that the issue that I'm tackling is the suffering of men. Yeah, it's a big one. And I feel like as a woman that there's been a lot more focus on women and self-help for women and there's not enough out there for men speaking to men in the language of men, basically. So thank you for doing that because we need more of you Mm -hmm. in the world. That's great. It's an honour. What are some of the common wounds that men feel? Yeah, Uh, the biggest wound, I would say, Boy, there's, there's, a, there's a lot. Again, right? the, the biggest one, I'll try to keep it in a nutshell here. The biggest wound that I I hear most men say is that they don't feel heard or seen. Okay. In a romantic relationship. It really begins at home. I think that we're born as men and we come out and our eyes are just bright and our tails are bushy and we're just ready to tackle the world and we're vulnerable and we're feminine and we're masculine and we're everything in between. And then we enter this world that is built and constructed and designed to cause us to forget who we are. Mm -hmm. And we have these moments where things are told to us, we're not enough or we're not tall enough or we're not strong enough or we're not masculine enough. And we begin to adopt these ideas and then we seek out evidence to prove these stories that people are telling us Mm -hmm. and it becomes our truth. And because as humans, we live from our truth, Mm -hmm. right? We then begin the suffering that ensues Mm -hmm. and the war begins. And men don't need soldiers when the war is over. And a lot of soldiers are not showing up for our boys. Mm-hmm. Our boys begin to turn into broken men. And the wound that is, ensues that they, they were never fully seen or heard in the household. And so they spend the entirety of their lives seeking to be heard and seen in love, in the workplace, in friendship, never taking the time to be alone with themselves and getting clear as to what they want and need. Mm-hmm. Getting clear as to what's working and what's not working in their life. How can men start being with themselves? Like, How do you advise men to do this? Uh, the biggest thing I would advise a man to do is first find a community. Community mm-hmm. is everything. Community has been such a safe haven for me mm-hmm. and a space where I am reminded who I am, how powerful I am and how much I have to offer. And I think the, the biggest uh, realization that I'm ha- I've had more recently is that being a part of a community has really fed my soul. And when we have a full belly and a full mind, there's nothing we can't do as men. That's great. So how can a man feel peace within instead of war? Like let's share some strategies that they can implement after listening to this episode today, perhaps. So tangibly, one of the first things I do when I work with men is really get clear on their story. Okay. A lot of us are telling stories that don't work for us. I know I did. My dad left me. My mom chose drugs over me. I know that every time I connect with a man, either abuses or abandoned me, like, I had a lot of stories that didn't work for me. And so I think the first key is really understanding your story. Okay. And that's where the whole self-education comes into play. And when you can understand your story and, and shift the story in a way that it serves you and it doesn't hurt you or harm you in relationship and business and life, then you become an empowered person. So it's really reclaiming your power. And that's how that comes back. Yeah. And that's a process in itself, right? Mm-hmm. So having a coach would absolutely support you in, in going to that. We need coach coaching. Bob. Right. <laughs> I'll right. say it. Wait, wait, wait. No. 
but having somebody and, and it, again, you know, I may be that person for someone, or I may be the the door opener for them to get to their person. But coaching yeah. has been a huge part of my success and my mm-hmm. breakthroughs has been through attending trainings and workshops and being a part of events and communities that can support me in shifting the narrative. Mm. Right? Well, I think about that, like to tie this into men, I work with NFL players as well, so I'm learning that. And, you know, even their training, the guys when it's on their off-season are looking at what they need to work on and making sure that they're going out and getting that very specific training for what they know that they need to train on and they're not necessarily training with their teammates, they're training with, you know, people in other teams and then they're listening to their coaches and very... Focus. So if we look at athletes and the greatness that they're achieving, that's how they're doing it as well, is with a coach. 100%. You know, uh, i say what, what scares me. I used to be afraid of the dark. Okay. Right. I used to be afraid of insects and a couple of big animals. I had to see the trash. I was the only guy in the house. So we lived in this big apartment complex and I had to go down these long stairs and around the buildings in the back where the dumpster was and open it. So I was afraid of the dark and those things. But what scares me today is the emptiness that I see in the eyes of men. Mm. And I share this, I don't, I don't want to share this lightly, I want this to really be taken into consideration. I mean, this is the only thing that we get from this, our moment together, or men get from this podcast, and want to do this, is the most important relationship that you will ever build is the one with yourself. Whatever that takes, mm. whatever distance, however much money, however much time it takes, if it takes the entirety of your lifetime, to at least understand why you are here and that's step two right so once you understand how to communicate your story the second part is really healing those wounds mm. there's so many wounds that we pretend like it doesn't hurt you know guys are oh, I'm, I'm okay i'm okay we just dusted off are you mm. no no it hurt acknowledge it allow that experience to complete itself stop lying to yourself we lie to ourselves. Oh, what he said, it didn't bother me. I'm not, I'm not that bothered. We go home and we're processing it. And our mind gets the whole day shift. And our hearts get the night shift. And we're torn. Mm-hmm. This is the dichotomy that men are going through. And you, you've got to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Authentically. If, if with no one else, be honest with you. And that was one of my biggest challenges. And, and still something I'm working through. Mm-hmm. is like, am I being honest in this moment? Or am I saying this just to save face? Am I saying this because I want to control someone's perception of me? Am I saying this? So I got to check in too. It's a mm. con- practice checking in with yourself, right? <laughs> yes. It's work. And I think the second part is the healing process. When you heal, you can really begin to, again, create room. And how you heal is through this somatic work. There's workshops, there's trainings. I have the elevation effect. I I do that. I have an online academy where I support men in getting therapy with this both personal and professional, personal professional life. Um, Taking on a one-on-one coach, um, all those things really support um, in creating room. And once you have room, another tangible step is creating a vision. This is the self-generation part, right? And creating a vision, most men wake up not knowing where they're going. They get in the car, with no sense of direction, mm. right? And look at the GPS, like, why are we not there? Well, you haven't plugged in an address. <laughs> you haven't made it clear as to where you're going, so you can't do the things that produce results daily. Mm. And so when you have a vision, when men have a vision, something bigger than themselves, for me, the mentor, for me, the elevation effect, for me, the Elevated Man Academy, those are things that I'm working towards. Offering a book, right? Producing a docu-series, 
You know, these are things, developing a TV show, these are things I'm working towards. Mm -hmm. And so every day I know that I need to do X, Y, or Z to get there. Mm -hmm. So when you live, like we talked about just a moment ago, live your life based on results, and you focus just on the result, and you'll get caught up in the mundane, and the minutia of, of life, you begin to have these things called wins. <laughs> and there's excitement in that. And there's mm -hmm. joy in that. Mm -hmm. And when those wins add up, and those inches add up in front of you, life begins to make sense. You begin to remember how powerful we are, how grounded we are, how handsome we are, how much we have to offer a relationship, how much we bring to the market. You begin to realize some things. You begin to remember who we are. And that's when this thing called life gets fun. You begin to attract amazing relationships, friendships, and opportunities. You begin to find your people. Mm. Men spend too much time with not their people. Yeah. How come? And how can they stop spending time with the wrong, the wrong people? It's, it's knowing who you are. Mm. It's creating boundaries. If you don't know what doesn't work for you, when it shows up, you can't ask it to leave. Well, this is true. Right? Mm. So you just accept the unacceptable. Mm. You invite the uninvited. Mm. And you don't even know what's wrong, right? And you don't even know what's wrong. <laughs> well, at least, at least your mind doesn't, your soul always knows. Because it feels that it's not it. quiet. Yeah. But you don't trust yourself enough to make a choice to create the space, to create boundaries, and to love yourself enough to make a choice to leave a relationship. Yeah. Love yourself enough to leave a certain job. Love yourself enough and your vision enough to walk away mm. from people, places, and things that do not serve you. Yeah. Well, um, something that my coach and I always say, which I think you've explained nicely, is happiness isn't for chicken shits. And it really isn't. Like, to be happy, you've got to make tough decisions sometimes, and that is ending friendships or, yeah. for me, you know, moving countries and leaving people behind. Like, sometimes you have to make really tough decisions that maybe the majority are not going to understand yeah. or get or agree with or whatnot, and you've got to, like, yeah. sort of fight for it and be like, I'm comfortable with this. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but mm -hmm. I'm backing myself. 100%. And one of the things that I've learned too is when you go from one level to the next, and I say self-heal and self-educating, self-heal, self-generating, self oh, it's so easy, steps one to three. No. In between those steps, you have these things called periods of darkness. Mm. Where it's not so cute. <laughs> where you cry every mm. day. Where you're frustrated. Where you feel lonely. You feel at rock bottom. You feel like, what the hell am I doing? I feel like I've got a lot of movement, but no momentum. Mm. And in those periods of darkness, going from one phase to the next, we have this thing called identity foreclosure. I talk a lot about this with the athletes that I work with, right? And the high level businessmen is you have to let go of who you think you are mm -hmm. to become who you've already always been. It's mm. there. We're just dusting it off. We're turning the volume up. We're shifting gears. Yeah. And so... It, it, it's a little delusional. It requires a little delusion. So it requires a lot of personal responsibility and to really build your awareness, which is why community, having a coach, and, ha and being in communication with people who can call you forward and not call you out yeah. on your life. So it's, it's, it's a beautiful journey, but it, it's, it definitely requires a lot of patience. It requires a lot of you being a generous listener. Mm. You know, and, and, and finally saying, I've had enough of living small. I've had enough. You could, some people just haven't had enough yet. 
you know, there's so, so they got to feel more pain. Yeah, you got to feel more pain. You know, they, they, haven't, they haven't heard of that. But there's, there's a story of an old man. He's on a, he's on a rocking chair. He's on his front porch. Yeah. And there's a young guy who takes the same route to work every day. And the, one of the houses happens to be the old man that he passes. And in every yard, there's a dog barking, except for the one with the old man in the rocking chair. Yeah. And so one day, he gets the best of him. He goes up to the yard and he rings the bell to the old guy. He says, sir. I walk this route to work every day, and there's dogs barking in every yard except for yours. How come your dog is the only one moaning on the porch? And the old guy says, well, I reckon it's because he's sitting on a nail. And the guy thinks, <laughs> sitting on a nail? Well, why doesn't he get up? <laughs> and the old man gets out the rocking chair, walks to the threshold of the door, and turns around, and he says to the young man, well, I reckon it isn't hurting bad enough. Yeah. Some of us have a strong will to get off that nail, to get off the story, to let go of the pain. Mm. But most have a strong won't. Mm. Most men won't. They won't do the work. They'll listen to this podcast be inspired for 10 minutes and then let another day pass and go right back into the pain, the shame, the guilt, the confusion, the cloudedness. Because it's so attached to the identity of who they think they are. Mm. That's who they've been told who they are. It takes a lot of work to create new habits as well, Mm -hmm. a lot of commitment, particularly at the start, until it becomes automatic. Mm -hmm. But what's on the other side of that? It's incredible. What's on the other side of Who is on the other (laughs) side of that? Yeah. Is everything we've been asking for. Mm. Um. So you've created a global brotherhood. Tell us a bit about this. You've said some over this, but tell us a little bit more. Yeah, my guys. I love my guys. I have so many guys that I I get to feed and and to learn from. You know, it's a a conscious community of guys who really come together uh, virtually. And I also Mm -hmm. do a lot of in-person events. I travel globally, spend a lot of time in Australia, Mm -hmm. spend a lot of time in Europe, uh, London specifically. And, and Toronto, Ottawa, and Vancouver, Canada, okay. um, where I'm, I'm based mostly. I travel extensively throughout the year. And my vision is to be able to create a platform where we can get on and really ch- share best practices on how to self-educate, heal, and generate. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys are in different stages. They're fathers and they from ages of like 17 years old all the way up to about, I think all of this guy is about 62. Okay. And it's just a great array of guys, with nationalities, backgrounds, sexualities. Just they're all in different places emotionally, spiritually, physically. And that's what makes it such a powerful group. And, you know, bring on guest speakers to empower them and to encourage them to live and lead their best lives. Um, have local events. I do private dinners with the guys, get them together and check in with them. And you have the success stories of what they're creating. You know, men losing weight, reconnecting with their sons, healing all relationships, connecting and reconnecting with parents, starting businesses, scaling businesses, um, and winning, mm-hmm. winning. And not just on a physical level, they feel differently. Mm-hmm. It's the feeling that we're really seeking as men. We want to feel good. We want to feel clear. We want to feel grounded. We want to feel connected. We want to feel loved. We want to feel that we have something to offer onto someone else. Yeah. We want to be a contribution to the world. Mm-hmm. It's about legacy for us men. And if we can find it in ourselves and bring that to the world, there's no real gift they can give man. Exactly. It changes the world. It's the butterfly effect. 100%. How can women um, help men open up and feel safe in vulnerability as well as help men heal their wounds? Because I'm just going to add to this. I feel like some women say that they want this and then when the man does it, he's basically scolded for it because it's the wrong timing or something because she's upset or... 
she doesn't really want it because that means, you know, there's work on her behalf as well, like if he's in that. So how can we help the men? Yeah. Women have an ability to shift the, the dynamics of any relationship. Mm-hmm. Men too, but women more specifically. But what I mean by that is language. Mm-hmm. Language is so important in any relationship, whether you're my sister, you're my partner, you're my friend. The language you use, men are so much more sensitive than they're willing to admit, or we are, I am willing to admit when it comes to language, but how people handle us with their words. Words, they hold worlds. And mm-hmm. so women don't understand how deeply it penetrates a man when they're scorned or they're reprimanded or they're made wrong or bad for something they said and done. Mm-hmm. And also women don't understand the power of their words when they acknowledge a man for having done something that worked for them or supported them or surprise them in a way that they needed to be surprised, felt, or heard or seen. And oftentimes it's easy for in a relationship to express what's not working, but we're not so, uh, what's the word, fast <laughs> to acknowledge people for the things that are working. And mm-hmm. it's something that I'm definitely learning. And I was very fortunate to grow in a household with a woman who acknowledged me consistently, never made me wrong or bad. And she never called me out, but she always called me forward and she would ask me questions. She would ask me, well, why did you choose that? And why did you do that? And why do you think that? And what I think women can do is to take a Socratic approach in relationships, in the workplace, in personal relationships, in business, and ask men to inquire, Mm. come from curiosity, and not from judgment. Mm, okay. And the key there is men will be led to their own conclusions and men will feel like they are in power. Men like to be in power. Men like to control in a way, but be the leaders of the relationship, of the community, and in the world. You know, it's just mm-hmm. something that we're, we're taught to do is whether you're a king, whether you're a god, whether you're you know a business leader, a CEO, a CFO, founder, we like to be in charge. We like to make choices that influence masses of people. Mm-hmm. It's about legacy for men, you know, and we serve and protect. <laughs> and so if we're not doing that, we, we kind of lose a sense of identity. And I think a lot of men don't have an identity in their relationship. They lose themselves quite often um so to kind of protect the woman whatever she needs you know but they say happy wife happy life i don't Mm. believe in that i don't believe in that i think that's bullshit to be quite honest i think happy couple happy life right (laughs) well i don't know couldn't think of anything quick enough (laughs) but i think um i think a relationship is like you take care of you for me and i'm going to take care of me for you yeah, two whole and complete people. Yeah, and, and or two people who are working on becoming whole mm. and complete, right? Like, I don't, True. I don't oh, yeah, anybody is quite whole or complete in this world, True. but we're working. We're a work in progress, and I think it's, it's about finding someone who's willing to take that journey with you. Yeah. If we don't first feed the men, they will fail our boys. Another powerful quote on your website, which I feel has so much truth. Please share with the men listening why it's so important to do this work, especially for the men out there that have a son or sons because you guys are raising our future men. And I'm sure that the fathers out there listening, you don't want your son to grow up feeling the war within like you felt yourself as a man. So so the question is what can the fathers out there do to help their sons? First raise of all, sons? losing my dad at three not having any understanding of, you know, who he was other than the story my mom has told me. What I would give right now 
all my money, all of my success, and I think I give it all up just for one conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I want to say to all the dads who have fathered sons and are in the process of becoming a dad, new or old dads, black or white, yellow dads, you know, straight or gay dads, uh, all the dads of the world. Mm-hmm. What I want to say to you is that what I mean by that, if we don't feed you, if you don't do the work, what happens is if you don't take your stories, your pain, your shame on, you pass it on. Mm. And so we as men must take on and do the work so we can create rooms so we don't pass on and make these and continue these vicious cycles onto the next generation of leaders. Mm. It's not their work. They should come in with a clean slate. They should be come from abundance and not scarcity. They should come from clarity and not confusion. They should come from love and not lust. Mm. And a lot of those are just adopted beliefs, philosophies, and behaviors that we have just injected into them. Mm. And I don't think that that's fair. I think that it's important for us to do the work. Mm. And I, I'm very much committed to feeding men. What I mean by that, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually, that yeah. these guys are inspired, that they're empowered, that they have the tools necessary to be able to pass them on. Yeah, you know, it's about legacy. It's about the next generation. You know, it's about prevention, not intervention. Which uh, there's all these intervention models trying to shift these schools and skip shift the uh, kids in schools and and and, and uh, therapy for relationships, right? For people who are in divorce, the divorce rates are out of the sky, skyrocketing, right? And like, why don't we prevent these things? There's ways that we can we can rectify these issues before they even begin. Mm. And I feel that that's a big part of what I'm up to now. Yeah, it's conscious parenting as far as I'm concerned. And it's being aware that what you say to your son or daughter and how you react in that moment can have lasting effects. Mm. They, they create a story out of that that we're talking about that then they hold on to and then as an adult they need to heal that story mm-hmm. and it repeats. Yeah. It's, a, it's a sacrifice, Howard. I think I was in the Uber one day and this guy said, if you, if you don't make sacrifices for what you want, what you want becomes a sacrifice. And if you don't do the work, what you want will never come fruition yeah it doesn't happen it won't happen and so you just live in this not knowing not having not being cycle and then you teach this mm. to your daughter and your son and then they have that and then they find themselves in a relationship with people who have that and then we create more of that and it's we're all hurting this world is mm. hurting right now yes and masculinity is like a it's like a it's like a wet fish that men are trying to hold on to mm. you know we're all trying to to find our way there and trying to grab a hold of it, understand it, and to, to, to get to the, the heart of it. Mm-hmm. And there's no one way to be a man. It's just being the man that you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. And if I could leave, you know, listeners with one message is do your work, live your life, stay in your lane, trust your process, and heal yourself. Mm-hmm. Create the room so that you can experience the life that you truly want and do whatever it takes to live love and to lead from your heart. And what is your advice for mothers out there raising sons? What can, what can she do? The Socratic approach. Mm-hmm. I would say also asking questions. Okay. Coming from the place of curiosity with their sons and their, and their daughters as well and not making them wrong or bad and allowing kids to come to their own conclusion, you know, mm-hmm. building that confidence in themselves because I was invited back into myself through those mm-hmm. questions. When my mother, my grandmother wasn't present, I had that tool. Mm-hmm. So, what do I want? Does this feel right? No, it doesn't feel right. I'm going to go home instead. 
and that I was able to process my experiences. Yeah. So when you invite children back into themselves and you ask questions, you're building up such a confidence and a clarity within them that will carry them for years. Yeah, great. And have you got anything coming up for the year that we should let people know about or how can we connect? I'll put things in show notes as well so it's easy to find. Absolutely. It'll definitely be and a lot of things happening. I'm in the process of developing a docu-series that speaks into the issues and challenges that men are up against and addressing mm-hmm. what's stopping them from manifesting in their mm-hmm. personal professional lives. So that's coming out in the fall along with my book, Mm-hmm. Uh, my forthcoming book. My Can we say when the fall is? Americans yes, say September. that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it's like September. reverse seasons and yeah, there's yeah, three yeah. months. I know. You're some of It messes with yeah, my yeah. head. <laughs> in okay. September, yeah. Okay. So in the next, Brilliant. yeah, four months, my, my first book will come out. The book is really on building relational wealth and teaching men how to. Um, develop you know wealth and relationships and understand yeah. that every every guy is focused on making money but money comes through financial wealth comes through relational wealth it's about who you know if you don't know who you are you want to attract relationships that get that gets you there yeah. so it's going to be really powerful but teaching men and women how to build relationships how to build relationships and um which is amazing and then i have a lot of uh workshops and trainings coming up elevation effects so i'll be in australia I'll be in Canada, I'll be in uh, Europe, traveling. So if you go to JavonLafer.com, all the information will be up there for you to access and get involved. And if you're interested in coaching and work with me, if something has to resonate with you, I'd love to have a, a clarity call. Oh, and chat with you and book a little 15-minute call. We can jam online and explore and see if maybe I'm the guy for you. That sounds good. You going to Melbourne in Australia? I will be sitting in Melbourne, yeah. Everyone out there, all my mates. She'll be right. She'll be right. Mate, she'll be right. <laughs> You need to go see Javon. <laughs> Tell him hello because I won't be there. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. I've really loved this conversation. I, I think that it will help quite a few men out there. As have I. As have I. There's one yeah. quote I want to leave you with that I heard a while ago. Some of my favorite quotes. It goes like this. I hear there are troubles of more than one kind. Some come from ahead. Others come from behind. But I bought a big bat that I'm ready you see. And now all of my troubles will have troubled me. <laughs> and it's a quote by Dr. Seuss, something I read quite a few years ago. Yeah. But that that is community. Mm. And I invite every man to find a community where he feels heard and seen. Yeah. And he feels safe to do the work. Yeah. No matter where that is. Oh, yeah. I know some few men that need to join your community, so we're making Let's sure that they do. Let's yes. do it. Build the tribe. Thank you. You have just listened to Our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted to our next episode. Connect with us via Twitter. And if you have any questions, please email myquestion at ourdeepestsecretsrevealed.com. Help us get the word out there and email a friend or two today about this episode. You can go over to iTunes and share the episode directly to a friend via a tweet, Facebook Messenger share, or post it to your profile. Otherwise, you can copy the link and email it. Thank you so much for sharing. Until next time, keep shining. Enjoyed this episode of our Deepest Secrets Reveal? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's like leaving a tip and really appreciate it. Thank you.